Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we're talking about decluttering our negative body image beliefs. So just a trigger warning for everybody listening. Um, We are talking about body image and dieting and weight in this episode and so if that is something that you would not like to hear um, then please switch off now and um, you will be spared that. Body image and our negative body image beliefs is that you know part of that mental clutter puzzle that you and I Beck have talked about getting someone on the show to chat with us about this and kind of you know, talk about some misconceptions or, you know, help us get over ourselves a little bit or, um, you know, I don't know, talk us through it because you and I are clearly not experts on this. Yeah. And um, so Apart I was... from owning a body, that's, you know... Yeah, we can being relate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, I was keen to either get a counsellor or a therapist or someone that works in, like, the positive no let me say that again someone that works in the body positivity movement um to chat with us but we couldn't quite find the right person or the right fit so we're just gonna have a crack at it ourselves aren't we yeah with the full um disclosure that we're talking about it as people who um from a lived experience perspective rather than from an expert perspective yeah and i've done a bit of uh research online to collate Um, a bit of data and some, you know, ideas on things. So we're presenting a very general view. I guess the aim of our chat today is to kind of define what poor body image is, have a little bit of a chat about where it might come from, and we're going to give you a few suggestions for how to overcome it. And it's, you know, it's very general. You know, the more I looked, the bigger the topic seemed to become, Mm -hmm. and I thought... Okay, (laughs) we're going to go down a hole here and get ourselves stuck or find ourselves talking around areas that we're really not qualified to talk around. So we're going to keep it pretty um, shallow, I guess. Is that that's that sounds terrible? That's a bad word. But but we're also going to talk about uh, just other other people that inspire us that that people can do more investigating on themselves. So I think that. You know, when you when you talk about the aim of this episode, I think another aim of this, of this episode is to get people thinking about whether they whether or not they want to explore this further. Um, so this is kind of like a little springboard to get the thoughts going, and then after that, if anybody wants to pursue it, um, they can do so. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's kick off with defining what poor body image is because. Um, It's not quite as simple as some of us might think. It's not just I don't like myself or I don't like my body. There is a whole wealth of variations out there. Um, I looked for a definitive definition and uh, found one on Healthline that defines it as involving being overly focused on comparing your size, shape or appearance to unrealistic ideals Holding yourself to a thin ideal or an athletic ideal may cause you to develop unhealthy self-talk, low self-esteem or disordered eating patterns. 
so that was, um, you know, again, a, a pretty general idea of what poor body image is, but I guess it, you know, it works for us for this episode and what we're planning to chat about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's at the basic level, you know, it's not at the body dysmorphic level or anything like that. We're not going that, that deep. And if you want to investigate that further, that's something that you can do with your health professional. Yeah. Um, it also includes or can include uh, one or more of the following factors. So your perception of how your body looks, not just to you, um, but to others as well, including your size and shape, your understanding of what your body can do. And when I when I found that kind of definition, I was a little bit surprised, I guess, because I kind of thought of our negative beliefs mainly around what our bodies appeared Mm. like or the perception of our appearance not just um you know more just that rather than an understanding of what our bodies can and can't do as well um so Mm. i was interested to find that little nugget there your body image or negative body image beliefs can also include things like your awareness of how your limbs move through space and what they look like while they're moving through space your evaluation of or feelings about individual parts of your body, not just the whole. And then also your culturally driven beliefs about what bodies should ideally look like or ways to measure or evaluate them. And culturally, there's, there's you know, masses of variation out there. Um, and a lot of what we are, are led towards or idealise is driven by our culture and by our upbringing. So all of those things can play a part as well. Yeah. And so when negative body image becomes extreme or when it is a big problem or a life-threatening problem, um, it, it can turn into complicated and diagnosable disorders like as I said before, body dysmorphic disorder, um, anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa um, and dep- depression. Um, so those are the kinds of things we are not covering today. Um, and if you feel like you would like to talk to someone about it, then definitely um, talk to a professional about those kinds of things and ask them all, um, all questions because uh, that's something that they would be you know, able to help you with. I was thinking this would be a prime spot to put some statistics but that was definitely a um, little hole I <laughs> went down for way longer than I had been prepared to, um, looking at statistics about poor body image. And firstly, there's too many to share and that it's really hard to condense them because surprisingly, it's not just, you know, 82% of this population is dissatisfied with their body, um, a lot of them go into great detail. So it talks about uh, body dissatisfaction as adolescents and how that differs uh, to body dissatisfaction, can't say that word today, in adulthood. And it's different between genders, it's different between cultures, um, obviously age ranges, and all of that kind of thing. So there's so many stats out there and none of which I could really (laughs) grasp to condense for the purpose of this show but I have got a link um, to a whole stack of statistics so um, if it's something that you would like to look at in terms of stats I'll put a link to that in the show notes for any of the 
the stat nerds out there. But um, yeah, needless to say, negative body image is is a you know significant issue and affects all genders and most cultures. And you'll see that reflected in some of the stats that are out out some of the stats that are online. Cannot talk today. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually me that does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where does our general negative body image come from? Um, there's there's quite a list really, isn't there? Yeah. One thing that I guess is probably quite well known and many people can relate to is being teased about appearance in childhood. And mm. um, it's it's pretty understandable how something like that can manifest in you know, poor body image beliefs as you grow up and get older and maybe fixation on, you know, particular areas or dissatisfaction Mm. with particular areas based on some kind of trauma um, Mm. in your childhood. I have to say, yeah, from personal experience, I can remember every part of my body that was criticised as a child by a peer, like, I remember every single one of them. And so it's not, it's definitely something that has a, a lasting impact. Mm. Mm. I remember being in um, ballet class. I thought I was going to be a ballerina when I grew up. That was my dream for years and years. Uh, as a, like, from probably age maybe four, and I had posters full of, um, and I wanted to be a classical ballerina. I was not really interested in jazz or tap or anything like that. And um, had pictures of ballerinas all over my walls. Everything was pink. And um, I remember being in a ballet class at the age of nine. And my teacher, who I had been, I had had for five years maybe, Miss Lynn, had left. I can, this is ridiculous. I can't remember the name of someone I met two hours ago, but I remember Mm -hmm. my ballet teachers. She had left and a new teacher, Miss Michelle, came in. And on her first night, she was getting information. Everyone had to stand up and say something about themselves in class. And I stood up and said, oh, my name's Tara. And when I grow up, I'm going to be a professional prima ballerina, blah, 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 blah. And she said, oh, dear, you'll never be a ballerina. Your bum is far too big to be a professional (sighs) ballerina. And she said that to me at age nine. And I was devastated. Devastated. I quit ballet. I went home after that class and I never went back, took all my posters off my walls. Like, heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. And um, luckily, I think, (laughs) for me, my mum and my auntie got me into netball and became my netball coaches and were saying, you don't have a sticking out bum, you just have a strong bum, you have a muscly bum. And that's really important in netball and kind of turned it mm. into a positive. So mm. it was something that I was always highly aware of, but um, I, got, I got over it. But like that incident in my childhood is like etched in my memory and it's mm. amazing how things like that and throwaway comments from people can really stick with you. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Anyway, sorry, that was my sidetrack therapy there. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, kind of related to that is the household that you grew up in. And so where there is an emphasis that's placed on appearance or an ideal body size or shape or a certain look or standard, um, that can have an influence as well on your, your general body image later in life yeah um 
Also, all the amount of media and advertising, all the imagery that we're exposed to that promote particular appearance ideals. Mm. Um, Which, ironically, change. Like, you and I grew up in an era where it was thin everything, thin body, no bum, no boobs, no eyebrows. Yeah, Kate Kate Moss in the 90s. Kate Moss. Kate Moss was, you know, and... And then you compare that to this, the body image stand today and it's quite it's shifted quite rapidly. Um, and it, interesting, I mean, it went from sort of athletic 80s to, you know, really skinny 90s to voluptuous, you know, now. And it's really interesting how the ideals that we were held to the standards that we were held to as adolescents are completely different to the standards that adolescents now are held to which is really interesting and like I really feel for the for the girls with um you know lovely big bums back in my time who were called fat um and then the girls now who had my who have my bum which is like no bum um who are called flat bummed or whatever they're called I don't know but um it's just you know if you're born if if they were in the 90s They'd be rocking it. Jeans were made thing. for them. Yeah. How, it's really frustrating how you're, you could grow up being attractive, and I'm using air quotes here, um, in one decade. And then if you happen to be you know, born in a different decade, you would have been seen completely differently. But you are the same in both. It's really, it's yeah. really interesting. Well, and, and you know, and this and, is after, you know, uh, Marilyn Monroe. So, you know, she. Her image and the curviness and all of that that was celebrated and that was the ideal. And then mm. just the ebbs and flows like and the... And then went to Twiggy. Yep. Yeah. And then to Elle McPherson and then, you know, back to uh, Kate Moss. And after that, I lost... Atten- stop paying attention. <laughs> <Can't>. <laughs> but, you know, then I guess, you know, Paris Hilton was another one that sort of comes to mind. That, um, you know, that thin but in a different way to Kate, like the taller sort of, mm. uh, and then, yeah, and it's just, and then you've, you know, and then you're into your Kardashians and Cardi B and, you know, different kinds of shapes again. But it's just annoying that, you know, you could plop yourself in a decade and be seen as having the perfect body and then pop yourself in another decade and be seen as having the opposite yeah. <laughs> perfect body. Yeah. And it's stupid. And, anyway. And it's really... I don't know that, I mean, we're not deciding at, at our level that this is attractive or not. This is what the media yeah. is feeding us. Like, they're the ones that that put people in front of us. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to their and credit. And comment on, like, the... Yes. The, the way they comment, you know, they like, they can choose to comment favourably or unfavourably and if they do one of those enough, people start thinking that way as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's just, yeah. And, you know, some uh, media companies, some brands are doing amazing things and you can look in a magazine or you can look on TV and see your shape and size represented and and skin tone and all of that height mm, um, nicely, yeah. represented in that uh, underwear regardless of what you, you look like. But mm. that's a few. That's the minority. The majority mm. are still... It's not this enough, is, yeah. This yeah. is, you know, yeah. and who I our look clothes like are made for. 
There's someone on Instagram that I get, get keep getting ads for and it's and they're nice clothes, but I've looked at them and I've looked at them and I've gone, I'd really like those pants, but I want to see what they look like on someone with a bit of a tummy, like not a flat stomach. Mm-hmm. So the person that the only models that they put in it have got really flat tummies. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what it's going to look like on me because I don't have a flat tummy. So, you know, I can't, I'm not going to buy it because I don't know what it's going to look like on me. And, you know, is it going to, would it, would it, suit me or would it not you know how will it how will it sit on that you know will it make it look silly well I don't know but you know what I mean like I want to see it on a tummy like mine so I can go oh yeah okay that's what it does when it's in that shape and yeah okay I can wear that yeah that, but you, I can't that I've got because it's summer here seeing lots of swimsuit ads that talk about you know um bum lifting tummy sucking in you know boob boosting like bikinis and stuff like that and I'm like the 16 year old that's wearing that bikini doesn't need boob boosting <laughs> and bum lifting like she's a rich and none of us do none like, of us do like who cares if our bum sags I mean honestly but at least me who does if you want to sell that to me sags. put it on a 40 year old yeah yeah yeah. so that I can go yeah. oh yeah she looks awesome you know and maybe if I want my bum lifted I'll go for that but at least show me something I can relate to. Because yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's the the skincare. Don't you love the skincare ads? All the anti aging ads that they put on thirty yeah. year olds. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, thanks, but that's not me. No. <laughs> um, I saw one the other day with uh, oh, of course, now her name has gone out of my head. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, and she was like. I was a cover girl 30 years ago or something and I'm still a cover girl today and my kids saw it and they're like, who is she? I'm like, I remember, I remember when she was on magazines and they're like, you're so old. Like, because she looks old. I'm like, she looks old. Yeah. Yeah. It's like good that she looks old because she is. Like yeah. we, we should be allowed to look our age. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, love, I love seeing photos of actresses who have allowed themselves to age naturally. Um, you know, like Justine Bateman and, and Helen Hunt uh, are two examples that, you know, they, I mean, I think Helen Hunt might have had some kind of work, but not, it's, she, I don't think she has. Um, but, you know, Justine Bateman's a great example, you know, and looking at these women who are, and, and then you compare them to other women who are the same age that mm-hmm. are in the industry. And, you know, they look so much older, but they, they don't, I think they look older because they're real. Like they're actually yeah. how the, everyone else is meant to look. Um, and I, I love following those people and, and sort of seeing that, that natural aging. Um, it's, you know, favorite things yeah andy mcdowell's another one that comes to mind oh yeah she looks she looks and she's like she owns it or like helen mirren oh like she just like but she's helen mirren's had work though i reckon yeah i mean not but but she's still i mean she may have but yeah yeah. i don't know but I i don't know she's still i guess at some point she still looks natural like if we're questioning whether she's had work or not then obviously she's had good work mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. but i still um it's sort of the the ones that definitely haven't um yeah. are the, you know it's the the ones where i'm like okay i'm i know that that's how they are meant that person is meant to look mm-hmm. at this age with no intervention um and i i really like that Anyway, got so far off topic there after my oh, little yeah, therapy session. This longer but, than it's meant to be. <laughs> um, we were talking about some of the ideas that are out there about where our negative body image comes from. So that little yep. path we went down was all about media and advertising. 
Um, a few other ideas, trauma or assault or abuse uh, can have momentous impact mm-hmm. on your body image. And that's really heavy, but very valid. Um, yeah. And kind of related to the environment that you grew up in, there's that parents or other family members that have experienced body dissatisfaction and have engaged openly um, in dieting or weight control behaviours of some kind in, in front of you. So unsurprisingly, research shows that social media use is associated mm-hmm. with increased body dissatisfaction. I was waiting for to come up. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. um, so people viewing and comparing themselves to social media images, reading the appearance-related comments as well on social mm. media. And I think that's a big thing because a lot of people mm-hmm. can look at a, an image and say, you know, she looks great, but then look at the comments and people are slamming, you know, the person because they've got cellulite or they've got wrinkles mm. or whatever. So it's not just the images that have the impact, the comments as well. And then, mm. you know, um, from time to time, the feeling that you can't live up to those ideal images that are presented I guess mm. even then, just the availability of filters. Oh, filters and are the the worst. I mean, they're they're good in that you look better in your photos, but the the worst is that you then you go you then don't like the way you look without them. Mm. I was you surprised know. this year. I think I've spoken to people back in Australia, and I know it's available there now too. But when our kids got, you had to you know they had their school photos for the year. Um, and the oh, yeah. before the um, the photo day, the pack comes home and says you got to you know tick which pack you want, how many photos of what size, and that kind of thing. And then uh, level of airbrushing required: mm. none, medium, high, or whatever it is. And I'm like, are you kidding? This is the first time I've seen it. And then I was like, talking to the kids about it. I'm like, it's your school photos, as if you oh. need them to be airbrushed. And they're like, but. What, but we don't know. What if I have a zit that day? If you do airbrushing, at least, and it's like, uh, but I'm like, what is well, this? Well, then you have a zit. You know, I, I had a big zit on my year 12 photos. I'll put makeup over it, but you can see it's quite shiny. And <laughs> <laughs> but this but, is the thing. Like, it's like, I actually want to remember you as yeah, you were. Yeah, that's exactly at, my point. Yeah, age, and, you know, 12 and 14, yeah. not what well, an airbrush photo. Yeah, we've got a school photo of Ethan um, and I can't remember what what age he was, but maybe about six or seven. And he's got this big scratch on the front of his nose mm-hmm. and it's quite obvious, like it's a real big scratch. And some this kid, and the thing is we know which kid it was, but it was the little brother of one of his best mates had um, scratched him when they were mucking around and he had, like just with his fingernail and he had this big scratch down the front of his nose. And like that's something that I, we look at and there's this, you know, this beautiful little kid with this lovely smile and this massive big scratch on his nose. And he's still actually, if you look close enough, you can, I think he still has a scar. But um, we look at that and we're like, oh, remember that time that Harry scratched you on the face the day before school photos? You know, and it's kind of a, you know, it's it's not a bad thing to, to talk about. And I think be the memories of who you were at that moment. I like the idea of them being genuine, you know, zits and all. Absolutely. So, yeah, that whole filters thing, that's just it's next yeah. level. And, and the airbrushing photos. Like, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, mm. Another reason for possible negative 
body image is well-meaning public health campaigns that urge people to lose weight, um, Mm. which is good for the right audience. The problem is they're broadcast to everyone. And so when Mm. people are talking about weight-related issues or, you know, losing weight and this is, you know, what you can do to cut down and this is how you should exercise and this is blah, blah, blah. The problem is that gets broadcast to everyone regardless of what weight they're at. So sometimes people can internalise some of those messages um, and start thinking negatively about themselves even though it was never designed for their their niche anyway. Yeah, which kind of that leads me to the entire wellness industry, <laughs> the entire body like fitness and that whole I, it, look it leaves me virtually speechless but the entire weight loss industry the entire and I'm incorporating a lot of the elements of the fitness industry and and a lot of elements of the wellness industry um a lot of them have a either deliberate or side effect focus on appearance yeah and it makes good marketing sense because that's what people buy into and that's what you buy people put their money well then that that makes it a vicious cycle because Mm -hmm. what they're doing is making everybody's body image bad which then makes gives them more of more of a market to market to like Mm -hmm. yeah I didn't say that very well but you know what I mean yeah it's just a vicious cycle they they make us feel bad by telling us they can make us feel better Mm. (laughs) and the problem the overarching problem is what they're telling us is we are not enough as we are. We have to be yeah. better. We have to be yeah. different. Or they're telling us that because of the way we look, we're not healthy, mm. which is in a very small percentage of cases could have some little element of truth in it. But in most of the cases, the way you look has nothing to do with your actual health. Mm. Absolutely. Or could have absolutely nothing to do with it, yeah. Um, the last... Uh, idea that we came up with for some of the reasons behind our poor body image beliefs is engaging in specific sports or athletic pursuits that favor or encourage a particular physique so the things Mm. that come to mind for me are things like gymnastics or ballet Um, certainly I think Serena Williams blew the whole tennis physique out the water and showed that Mm. you can have a different physique in tennis and be not just be good but be number one (laughs) and I think it's nice seeing people, different shapes and sizes represented in lots of different sports, but there are still some sports Mm. or hobbies, I don't know, pursuits, I guess, where a certain physique is favoured. So that can be problematic too. Yeah, there'd be some like like synchronised swimming comes to mind as well as sort of one Mm. of those ones where you only see one particular body shape and and then there's some like you know where athletically the body shape kind of comes out of that doing that like marathon runners yeah have a different physique (laughs) different physique to um the sprinters and that makes total sense because a marathon runner um doesn't have the the type of body because of what they do to to do the sprinting and vice versa so Mm. um so it kind of they wouldn't be good at what they did if they had a different body shape, but it does sort of narrow the the idea of all the, it does give give a bit of an indication of like some kind of ideal. 
I found a list of questions on the Healthline website, which I'll link to in the show notes, that can help you gauge how positive or negative your body image is. So if you are not sure, and this is, I I don't want people to get trapped into thinking (laughs) that they need to pursue this, but if you are teetering thinking, maybe I'm not as positive about my body as I thought, and maybe I want to talk to someone about it, it might be a way for you to figure out um, whether your body image beliefs are helpful or unhelpful. Uh, And some of the questions, they're things like, do your feelings about your body interfere with your relationships or your work or your activities? Or do Mm. you compulsively check and recheck your body, either weighing yourself, measuring your body parts, pinching your skin, or examining Mm. yourself in the mirror over and over again? Or do you use harsh language or unkind language when you're talking about your body? So they're questions like that. And then it just can, it might just get you thinking about, oh, no, no, I'm pretty good with those things. My body image beliefs are, must be, you know, pretty reasonable or, you know, yeah. are helpful enough. Yeah. Or it might prevent, you know, a, like a, it might have a, a small impact, but it's not such a large impact on the, on your life that it's it's affecting it in a, you know, overall negative sense. Mm. So, so. How, what can we do about it? This is, this is the billion dollar question because this is where, you know, it's probably more like therapy yeah. is a good way to, to do this. But at a, at a non-therapeutic level, uh, there are some things that we can, you know, think about in our life um, about that, that might help us just to improve it. And we're talking about low level here. We're talking about, you know, sort of if you, if you don't, you know, if you don't want to wear skirts because you don't want someone to see your prosthetic limb or if you don't um, swim with your kids because you don't want people to see in your bathers, you know, what are some things that might, um, that you can talk yourself through that might actually help you, um, you know, not be restricted in, in your activities that way? So I think a place to start is working on your own judgments of other people. So, when you find yourself judging others based on their opinion, appearance, try and pull yourself up and kind of give yourself a slap on the wrist. Um, pull yourself back into line and think that's not, you know, <laughs> that's that's not who they are. That's how they uh, appear in the world. But, you know, that has no bearing on me, has no bearing mm. on what kind of person they are. Um, and I think when you kind of get your head around, you know, walking around the world in a non-judgmental space it puts you in a better position as well to think okay you know I don't have to you know people might be judging me but their their judgments are not valid just like my judgments of other people are not valid um, based on appearance so I think starting at home and and sorting sorting your own mental you know judgments out first might be a good place to start yeah and like we were talking about before the the whole idea that like there is no such thing as perfect and there is no universal ideal way to look and what we're comparing ourselves against are merely trends that come and go um so what was considered the ideal standard like we said in the 50s was different to the 90s is different to now and rather seeing an appearance as um, as an ideal, see an appearance as what it is. It stands alone and it sort of transcends all those times. Try to, to remember that your thoughts are not facts. And just because you think something or possibly even feel something, it doesn't make it so. 
Acceptance of who we are genetically is another way that can help us come to terms with, you know, and accept our, our bodies because our genes play a, a big role in our appearance and they affect things like body composition. You know, you can you can see, you know, that you have your, your mum's bum and your dad's nose and, you know, those are the things that um, that we we can't change and they affect things that you know we might not have any control over whatsoever and having that acceptance and and celebrating it you know celebrating that you you these have been gifted to you these these attributes about you are the good and and the thing the ones you see as good and the ones that you see as less good um it's all part of that uniqueness and it's all part of a, a heritage that you that has been passed down to you yeah i like that also try and think of your body more like a tool and less like a decoration. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a good one. Yeah. Trying to be grateful for all of the things that your body can do rather than just how it looks. Um, and I think that mm. takes a lot of work and this is probably where things like gratitude journals and that kind of stuff come in um, or surrounding you and surrounding yourself with other people or possibly, you know, social media accounts or something like that. Um, that also mm. celebrate what our bodies are capable of rather than just how they look in a pair of tight jeans. Mm. And I, this is probably one of my favourite things to uh, – one of my favourite strategies by people that I follow on social media anyway, and, and that is, you know, look at what your body can do and what it does for you and uh, and celebrate that because what your body looks like is the least important thing about it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the least interesting thing about you is what you look like and what your body looks like there are you know there's our bodies are the most amazing things and I was chatting to a friend um, yesterday where we we sort of often joke about our creaking bits she, we do rock climbing together and we're always discussing various things that are hurting and yesterday we were just having we were just eating but we, I said to her, I said, oh, you're going to laugh at this one because she's always had knee problems. She's had surgery on her knees and her knees is sort of an area that bother her. And I said to her, guess what happened to me last week? And she said, what? And I said, I discovered I have knees. <laughs> and so I've now got to, like my knees have always been fine, like never a problem with my knees at all. And, you know, and at 40, nearly 47, um, the other day I stood up after kneeling for a while and went, oh, ow, <laughs> there's my knees. So, you know, my knees have chimed in now to remind me of how old I am. Um, and it's sort of one of those things that I never noticed before how well my knees had aged. And, you know, I think it probably comes from not doing any sport because <laughs> my husband's had bad knees since he was in his 20s. But, yeah, I think genetics are a little bit to do with that as well. But uh, I just went, oh my knees and so now that I noticed my knee got sore when I did something I've I can appreciate how long it's been Mm. (laughs) like that they've actually done a really good job Uh, and so I think that um, you know noticing all of the awesome things that our body does you know for us Uh, and I also notice like I appreciate the strength in my arms whenever I'm carrying something heavy and my hip starts to click I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm carrying something really heavy here. And my upper body is like, yeah, fine, we can handle this. And my hips are going, uh, you know what? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, so then I'm reminded of just how strong my upper body is if it can carry something without any effort that actually causes my hips to go out of whack. <laughs> 
<laughs> then you know I'm, I'm appreciative of my upper body strength yeah um, so yeah it's it's sort of it's great to focus on the things that our body does and once you start thinking about all the things that your body does um, and try not to think about what it used to do but it can't anymore <laughs> that's like but somewhere even, you don't want to go even things but, like at a anatomical level like if I ever you know I get a bit fascinated reading about things like lymphatic drainage and like what that does for our body or um, mm. you know looking at some of the pick an organ pick your pancreas and figure out what it does for you without you even having to think about it you know yeah. or your liver and the functions of your liver and like if you start then you go holy cow my body is phenomenal like mm. I you know especially if you don't take the best care of it and you go and it does <laughs> yeah. all this stuff for me By all itself. the time without me even despite thinking. what we do <laughs> yeah. to it yeah absolutely it, it and then on. When you can see that and appreciate that, actually, what you look like in your bathing suit does not does not matter because mm. your body is this phenomenal, wondrous being. Um, mm. Yeah, I think going a bit deeper with that stuff is pretty good for our uh, our body image too. Yeah. So after all that, we also encourage seeking professional help. If you think that your body image is having a profound effect on your life and you would like that to change, then there are definitely people that you can talk to about that. So your GP would be a first first one to start with, I would say. Yeah. Um, and lastly, I guess, if there's, if there's social pages that you – that come up in your feed – um, that encourage comparison or make you feel less than, uh, try like unfollowing them for a start or blocking oh, the accounts sure. or whatever. And then actively seek out some body positive pages because when you have body positive people pop up in your feed, it's it's really refreshing. Like you and mm. I, Beck, both follow up like a few different people um, and – it's really nice just to get have that in your face and something that's a positive message about our bodies and what they can do rather than just the comparisons. Yeah, definitely. Um, I did that. I've, I've, I unfollow anybody who overuses filters. Uh, I unfollow anybody who, you know, focuses uh, more on appearance than, than on anything else. And um, that has made it – that's made a difference. But also following people, like you said, who actively promote body positivity um, is incredibly helpful. And I think it's, you know, this is where social media can be healthy for us. So we've listed a couple of our uh, favourite body positive accounts and they might be people that you want to go and look up as well. Um, Otherwise, come and join us in our Facebook group and give us your suggestions there. Um, So one of mine that I really like. And I think, in fact, it was you that even maybe put me onto her. Now, I never yeah, know if it's Dana her. or Dana. How do you say it? Or, or Danae. Danae, maybe. D-A-N-A-E, anyway. Danae Mercer or Dana, yeah, however mm. you say it. Either way, it will sound yeah, odd with we an love Australian her. accent. She's <laughs> awesome. So she, yeah. she will do things like um, she does a lot of modelling but she will show you all the outtakes of the 75 mm. images it took to get to that one good one. And she shows you the difference between her body in a um, bathing a suit 
in mm. bright light and dull light. And so the bright light, you can see the cellulite on her thighs and her bum and her wiggly mm. bits. And then in the dull light, you can't. And, you know, she shows you how editing it, apps and stuff like that will change her images to be the things that you might see in popular media. Um, yeah. So it, she's kind of educational. Main message. Yeah, her main message is that on your, online is curated. And she's like, look, it's okay to to present the the sort of the best of yourself online if you want to. And and she doesn't criticize anybody for what they post online, but what she wants people who are following her to understand is that what they see isn't real. It is posed or it is filtered or it is edited in some way. And so that we we have to be very careful we never compare our bodies to those bodies that we see um, and that's why she posts you know side by side images of her in a pose that change change her body shape completely and then in a more relaxed pose which is how we all normally sort of sit and move showing that that same body can look those two different ways and so that one our bodies find the way it is and two what we are seeing is curated and that we um, need to be aware of that so that we don't compare ourselves unfavorably to something that is you know, manufactured sort of. Yeah, absolutely. Brie Lenahan is another one. Um, she will show you the behind the scenes. She will take a beautiful outfit in a beautiful picture in um, an outfit like some active wear or whatever, and then she'll show you all the different photos that didn't make the cut um, and says, you know, this is me, this is also me, both are valid. Mm. She'll, she yeah. went out for dinner or something the other night, took a before photo in a beautiful black dress, looked fabulous, took another photo when she got home from dinner and her tummy was all bloated in the, back, in the mm-hmm. little black dress and said, both are me, both are pictures, I'm happy, both are fine. you know, mm. and both are valid, like, and that kind of thing, which I really like as well. Yeah. Um, Sarah Nicole Landry, which you can find under the Birds Papaya, she's got a great account and talks a lot about post-baby bodies and um, with her latest baby, how she doesn't let her body stop her doing things, where she was one of those people that used to not get in the pool um, mm. because she was worried about the way she looks and now she's kind of just embraced her, her shape um, and, and puts it out there and um, is very positive about, you know, being accepting of of where you're at with your body especially post kids so that's good yep uh tara brumford um uh, adelaide lady is from the body image movement so she's another one who promotes body positivity positivity and she released the documentary embrace which can be seen in several countries and she's got another one coming out embrace kids soon as well which is about body positivity with with for children so that's one to follow um turia pitt um is another great one to follow i love natalia from loving my dots she's another great um body positivity uh, advocate um, an acceptance advocate and all that kind of stuff and another favorite of mine is Nina Tame she's a disability advocate uh, so she does talk a lot about the attitudes towards disabled people uh, she's a wheelchair user but she she also talks um, talks a lot on um, body positivity and, and and all of that from um, from that perspective of somebody who you know seems to people seem to to focus on her disability and so um you know she she's got this sort of way of 
being fabulous. I don't know how to describe her. <laughs> she's she awesome is, anyway. She's awesome. But, you got me onto her as well. Yeah, I love yeah, her yeah, account. yeah. I love Nina mm. Tame. So she's really sassy. Um, she's she's a bit of a smart ass, and um, and she's very you know she is. She does. She does herself up, you know, and she she you know she likes pretty things and she likes nice clothes and um, and she talks a lot about you know the the that kind of thing um, in in a really approachable way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there's heaps more out there that probably dozens that you and I will think of five minutes after we <laughs> stop yeah. recording, um, and there'll be others that people know of that are great as well. So that would be a great thing to come share in the Facebook community with, with everyone so that people yeah, have got other yeah. accounts that they can follow. Let's follow as many as we can, everyone, yeah. Mm. So please come and join us there and share your accounts. Um, and if you've got anything that you want to add about body um, positivity or negative body image beliefs, come and have a chat with us in our Facebook community and then we'll see you again back here next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com.